Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaiian Sports Radio Network. We're finally back. We're back in studio and joined, as always, by Armani Buckets, Brandon Deutsch, Jake Dicker. No G. Hey Wiley, but she'll be back with us tomorrow. How are we doing on this beautiful Monday? I'm doing well. I, uh, I was disappointed to see the Russell Westbrook uh, and his agent news. I was hoping that, you know, <laughs> things would get a little less tumultuous, but it looks like things are getting even more, more tumultuous. More tumultuous. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we we got to say tumultuous on the radio every day. It's a word (laughs) we we don't hear all the time. Um, No, I'm doing great. Uh, You know, it's a dead period now. Yeah. Obviously, it's showing on TikTok with Armand and I not getting many views. No one wants to talk about basketball right now uh, for the next four three months. So we'll see what happens. I'm excited. I'm going to the home run derby tonight. Oh, nice! So I will be I will be there for what should be an an incredible night of uh, that'll be fun, dude. Home runs. Yeah. Yeah. Are you sitting in outfield? No, I'm up in uh, reserve, like right behind the plate. So I'm like reserve. That's even better. Two. That's yeah, even better, low key, like because you can see and, everything and yeah. And what are fun. the chances you get a ball, anyways? You know, yeah, in the outfield, know. yeah. I would, I wouldn't <laughs> want to be out there and have people like jumping all over the place, throwing you like, over the yeah. into on the field. Also, if you're in the outfield, you have to pay attention on every single pitch, and I feel like I'm not gonna do that. So. I'm, I'm excited about me with that. Like, I'm not an aggressive. Like, I'm not going there with my glove. I'm not trying to fight someone for the ball. I just want to have a good time. So, I'm, like, you know. I won't lie. I used to be like that, okay. but not <laughs> not anymore. Like, if I caught a ball here, I'd just be like, give it to someone else. It's just not. I don't. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it'll be a madhouse out there. That's gonna be sure. awesome. All right. Uh, with that said, let's get to today's headlines. Brought to you by Circus Sports. Circus Millions and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contest are back with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircusSports.com for details. Hit it, Buckets. All right. Russell Westbrook fired his longtime agent after a dispute about Westbrook's future. His former agent believes he should stay with the Lakers, which likely means that Westbrook thinks otherwise. LeBron James and Rich Paul both had somewhat cryptic tweets after the news broke. First, Westbrook sits far away from LeBron at NBA Summer League, and now he fires his agent after a disagreement. Is there something going on with this story, and what does everybody think is going on here? So where there's smoke, there's fire. Something's happening here. By the way, very uncommon for something like this to not only... You know, he released a long statement. Usually, it's like, we've parted ways. I wish him the best of luck. I mean, the guy went into detail how I think he should be with the Lakers. He didn't say what Russell Westbrook wants, but I, I mean, you can kind of 
he wants him to stay with the Lakers. It's very clear. It is so clear at this point, Russell Westbrook cannot return to the Lakers. And this puts them in a tough spot because now every team in the league knows, listen, we got Rob Palinka exactly where we want him. We are going to get not only one first round pick, perhaps two. I think he has to get dealt. I think he will get dealt. This was a bad day for the Lakers because it puts them in a tough spot. I mean, again, the summer league thing was ridiculous. I mean, you're sitting on the same court. You can't even like shake hands or pretend like you. I mean, this is a very tumultuous position that they're in right <laughs> I now. Think, I think that was intentional by LeBron, by the way, putting pressure on Polinka to get this deal done for Kyrie Irving. That's yeah. definitely why he didn't say hi to Russell Westbrook. But I mean, it's looking more and more likely that this deal won't happen. You know, like, I mean, like, he can't be with the team, though. I, 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 like, I know what Darvin Ham is saying publicly, and he's doing his best. Well, that's what he's supposed to do be a politician about it. And I hate to use this phrase, but like, it would be a, a, he would be a cancer in the locker room. Like, you cannot have, you cannot go into a and season like that. And on the court, I mean, it's, it, it doesn't fit. And I don't think you can John Wall, a player who wants to play for you, but I, like, I don't know how you can go into the season I, with him. I wouldn't be surprised if he's on the roster opening night, actually. I wouldn't. Because, like, I mean, think about it. This guy was a cancer on the court all year. A great human being, but on the court specifically all year long last year. And they kept him. They could have traded him at the deadline. They kept him. They knew it wasn't going to work out. And if Rob Palenka is so hell-bent on keeping um, picks that will select, like, I don't know, Scottie Pippen the third. I don't know who's even going to be that age. Like, who, No one even knows if the prospects are any good in 27 or 29, right? Yeah. So like, at this point, you've already put all your marbles into LeBron James and Anthony Davis. you got to go trade these first two picks, honestly. I know Kyrie's a cancer off the court, but like, if he wants to play in the Lakers, at least for one year, he'll be locked in. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I would think that with Kyrie... If it's an NBA game, it, it would be a little bit more meaningful to him. But even with him saying he's going to play at the Drew League and then just like not showing up, like <laughs> it's such a Kyrie like, thing to like, do. Like if you if you trade for Kyrie, like is that like like obviously he's not just going to not show up for games sure. unannounced. But it's just like that's the kind of guy that he is, you know. Um, but with this Westbrook thing, it just feels like any sort of leverage that the Lakers created for themselves with what Darvin Ham was saying publicly, exactly, and whatever they were doing to try and build up that. They're, you know, prepared for Westbrook to come back and have a way to make it work um, with him and his agent. This whole thing is completely all their all their leverage is gone in terms mm-hmm. of trades. Um, I feel like you if you're if you're going to make the Kyrie deal, just just you got to do it now. I feel like I feel like yeah. this is only getting worse the longer that Westbrook's on the uh, on the roster. And if it doesn't look like you can, maybe you have to pivot to an Indiana Buddy Heald, Miles Turner deal um, and see what see what you can do there. But it just—I don't feel like they can—they can be on the roster or on the floor at the same time on opening night. I feel like they're just gonna want to like kill each other. It's like <laughs> they, it's not gonna work. Like I don't see a world in where that's why I said be, they'd win less games next year with him. They back. can become a a cohesive unit with Russell Westbrook on the floor. It's just the most like discombobulated thing. We're using big words today. It's wow. Wow. Discombobulated. Um, like it's that. a great it's word. It's just a weird... The issue is the system. trust is gone. The trust... Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't... Right. I mean, the, the, this relationship can't continue. Russell Westbrook knows LeBron doesn't want him there. He tried to trade him at the deadline, didn't work. At that point, that season was gone. They actually have a chance next season. And I don't know what kind of a chance, but you have no chance if you have 
Russell Westbrook on the team and you know he doesn't want to be with there. He wants to get traded. He doesn't want to be on the same team with LeBron James. This is where I disagree with you, Arash. Yeah. I don't think that they have a chance. I think that they have a chance if Kyrie Irving is on the team. No, that's what I'm saying. Okay, okay. I'm saying they don't have a chance with Westbrook and not even the, the talent and he doesn't fit. Personality-wise, when the trust is gone, he doesn't want to be there, doesn't trust LeBron. I mean, that team is... You, you can't have them be on the same team. I, I completely you, agree. And also, yeah. we we also buried another lead. T- Talon Horton Tucker is um, in day Drew- by day in the Drew League, lowering his. He's trade still a role back. player in the Drew yeah. League. Like 14, fourteen points 14. on thirty-eight percent shooting. Not a great. <laughs> like fourteen, display. six, and three. So now's wow. the time. You got to package Talon Horton Tucker, two first-round picks, just get yeah. the deal done. Well, so Woj said this morning. I think the Lakers will make a deal, maybe more than one deal. It may not be for Kyrie Irving. It may not be for an all-NBA player or an all-star. It's not completely dead with Brooklyn, but I think so much depends on what happens with Kevin Durant. That's what Woj said. And Vegas has the Nets as a heavy favorite now to keep Kevin Durant. I don't know about the Kyrie Irving odds in Vegas, but um, this all comes after also LeBron on the shop. I don't know if you guys saw what he said on the shop this weekend. It was um, a subtweet at Russell Westbrook. Are you guys familiar with what LeBron? What did he said? say? Like, like was, hits a cold game, or was was that? That was Rich Paul. Rich Paul. That but then was, LeBron. Yeah. The only thing I saw that LeBron said was about Boston yeah. and how he, he feels about Boston. He said something about Boston. I'm trying to. Um, Pull up the the comment now. I mean, basically, he said he wants people that work as hard as him on the roster, something like. Oh, that. I did see that. Yeah, he said he basically. Yeah. Well, I don't think Russ's it. work ethic is the problem. It's his inability to adapt. Yeah. That's the problem. Russ is one of the hardest workers in the history of the game. He gets his body straight, you know. But that also is the reason why he's pig-headed and won't adapt. Yeah, but the one thing I will give him is that he does show up. He plays. plays yeah, he shows up. He's he's there. I will give him that. For all that we dock him for, that is one. He's there to win 20 games. Too. Yeah. Yeah, it, but, I mean, he would fit on a team like the Nets, for example. Uh, listen, I don't think you're going to have KD play with Russell Westbrook. I don't know where those two are at, but this is not going to work. Russell Westbrook and LeBron James, as much as LeBron wanted it to work a year ago, and I still don't know to this day why he wanted that trade to happen, it is gone. That ship has sailed. So with that Indiana uh, trade offer that you proposed, Jake, how many first-round picks are we willing to give up as a group here? Because I wouldn't wouldn't give up any. I mean, to get rid of Westbrook, maybe one, which I'm assuming is, is the case there, but I'm not trying to mortgage any more of the future unless I have a chance at winning a championship. And I don't have a chance at winning a championship unless the trade is for Kyrie Irving. And even then, it's obviously no, the know. Kyrie situation. But I'm not yeah. mortgaging the future. Take so a bad say, year. Say they find a way to acquire Buddy Heald and Miles Turner and then find a way to you know acquire like like a Patrick Beverly. Like mm-hmm. how many how many okay. game wins does that? How many games? Does Maybe that game 45 win? at most. Yeah. So like I don't. Like you're going to have to attach one to any Westbrook deal just to get a team. Yeah. No, but why? Right? They're but, going nowhere unless they get Kyrie Irving. They're going absolutely nowhere. I'm There's no way they no, beat the Los Angeles Clippers. I'm just saying that's the reality anybody. of it. Is if you're going to get rid of Westbrook, one of those picks is good as going. Dude, even if they get Kyrie Irving, they're still not a better team than the Los Angeles Clippers or the Golden State Warriors. I agree with you. So like You threw in Patrick Beverly. Now I'm enticed. <laughs> <laughs> Before it was Buddy Heald, Miles Turner. But if it's all three of them, you're getting him on a buyout or, or whatever the case may be. Yeah, it's still not getting you. Guys. You guys made a bet 
I think you guys made a bet in Las Vegas, right? Oh, about Anthony just one on you Davis. You guys downplay the Anthony Davis thing. It's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Okay, so like, like if he becomes a MVP candidate, they don't improve. Well, Nikola that's not Jokic, a that's not a minor addition. That's doesn't matter. They have nobody besides Cole Swider who can shoot on the roster. Okay, but if you have LeBron playing at, like as one of the top five players in the league, okay. And then the guy that you placed a wager on to win most valuable player. Yeah, if there's any chance he's healthy, they're okay. they're, they're good. But give like, me that. Like, if that happens. It's never, I don't know, I don't understand the optimism. He's never going to be healthy, ever, ever again. Ever, right. probably. Ever. I mean, you're saying his career is done. He's never going to be healthy again. I probably. enough to put money on it. I mean, the, because there's a slim chance. <laughs> there's a slim chance because 60, he's been working hard. to one. But yeah. like, even if he plays 65, that, 70 right? games and he averages 28 points, I mean, and you're, you're not wrong. But it's not like they're they. Th- that's not a small addition. I mean, people are acting like if he's Kendrick healthy, they're going to win the championship. There's still zero percent chance. Kendrick that's none. that's ridiculous. There's there's not a, there's more than a zero percent. No, there's not. There's LeBron is not the same player he was four years ago. LeBron had arguably the best offensive season of his career last. I know, year. but also you got to think about like they had Rajon Rondo, who's better at the time. For they had a bunch of defenders. Their defense is going to be better this year and they'll have a better shot. I agree with Arash if, if Davis plays, but you're still not beating a team with depth like the Clippers or Warriors with just LeBron da- James, Anthony Davis and a bunch of nobodies. And you know? by the way, uh, Vegas released their win totals. I don't know okay. where the Lakers came in, oh. but they weren't in the top six. That they shouldn't so. be. Yeah, they, they shouldn't, shouldn't be. be. But again, what are we talking about here then? If, if they're not realistically without Kyrie Irving a top six seed, even if well, wait, 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 I'm going to pivot on this for a second. Arash does have a point because there's there's the statistic that LeBron has never missed the finals with a healthy star. So if Anthony Davis is healthy, they do have a chance to get to the finals because they, they have LeBron just get James. To the playoffs. But I'm just saying him being healthy is with like... LeBron James, and if a, hand, a healthy Anthony Davis is on the roster, if you just get to the playoffs, I'll, I'll take my chances. And then keep Westbrook and don't give up any picks. Okay. Uh, if that's what they have to do, that's what they have Westbrook to do. Westbrook finals MVP. I don't think it's... No, I'm kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> Can you imagine? So the MLB draft took place at LA Live yesterday. It was just the second time in the history of the draft that the public was allowed to attend and the first time that it aired on ESPN. There have been initial positive reviews about the experience. Some of you guys were there in person. What was it like and should the MLB do this in the future? I had a great time. I did not know what to think, but I thought the whole thing was great. It was on two channels. You had the TV networks there. Uh, the biggest problem, and you guys can touch on this, nobody knows who these guys are. At least I did. I think the common fan does not. They don't watch high school baseball. They don't even watch college baseball. So and the other thing, again, that you guys can touch on, like if I select a guy with the number one pick and he decides to go to college, like that guy's gone. So like there's, and then like, even if you d- you do draft a good player, that player's playing in single A, double yeah. A, triple A. You, you don't see not. him so, for years. Like I had a good time. I hope the league continues to do this, but the, the draft is a little bit different. It's not the same. It is. And you really need a diehard fan to follow guys in the minors for four years. You know what I'm saying? And it kind of takes that, but I think this is a step in the right direction. It was a good experience. Um, it was really fun. They had nice music, good interviews. Um, you know, they it was it was fun. It was a fun draft, and 
better than than anything. It was free. You have to pay to go see the NFL draft. They were just like allowing people to go sit up front and like enjoy the experience. And I, I felt like this was finally a step into normalcy for the for the MLB because you can't be doing it in the studio anymore. Right? Yeah. And it doesn't matter. That you don't know these guys for four years. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like their team is picking. People are going to be hyped about their team picking. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter who he is. They'll figure out who he is in four years. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. I think especially when you get guys who are, you don't know these guys, but the guys at the top, the one, two picks in the draft are sons of former Major League All-Stars. Matt Holliday's son, Jackson, went one, and Andrew Jones' son, Drew, went two. Um, so I think that helps a little bit bringing in um, an audience. But yeah, that's the issue, is that half of these guys are high schoolers yeah. that the casual fan doesn't know who they are. Um, and then you're not going to see them for four or five years. Like the Mets took um, Kevin Parada, catcher out of Georgia Tech, who went to Loyola, 11th overall, and their number one overall prospect is a catcher. And everyone's like, why are they taking another catcher? It's because you're not going to see these guys for five years. Yeah. And, and the thing with baseball, different from other sports, is if one of those two guys pans out, the Mets are happy. Yeah. Like if you're in any other sport, yeah, but that's a bad guy. pick. They're, they they need to do address other needs there. I love Parada. You don't, you don't draft like, based on organizational need, need in yeah. the MLB. I mean, you when you your, take your a college player, player, sort of, because you're in a championship window and they could be up in two to three years. Yeah, but then if he pans out, I mean, now with the DH, one of them can DH. You can trade him for a. Yeah, but neither uh, of them. But if you're going to take a DH, then you take like a Jacob Berry. I know he wasn't available, or like a Kevin Brown, or someone like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like, I mean, I think it was a bad decision by the Mets front office to take a catcher there, especially a college catcher, yeah. as good as Parada is, because those bats aren't good enough to play DH if one of them is going to be catcher with Francisco Alvarez. You know what I'm saying? So maybe they package one of them. I mean, again, that's the only value for this pick. You package one of them in a deal to get a next star for the Mets. Yeah, like, yeah but I mean, as as a whole, I think the draft, I unfortunately wasn't able to make it, but it looked yeah. like it was a great experience. It looked like they kind of, like it forever, it's been in the MLB Network studio right, yeah. and it just kind of looks like they're not, I mean, there's like little like tables set up with like yep. tablecloths for every team. It just <laughs> yeah. looks like it's really... They don't put a lot of effort into mm -hmm. it. Looks and it, real. It, yeah, it looked like a big production, and it looked like they kind of cared a little bit more this year. And I feel like if they do this and every year, well, the draft used to be in June. Yeah. And I don't love it this year or how they they've been doing it in the last couple of years where it's so close to the trade deadline. Um, but I think I think you know it's better than what they've done in the yeah. past. I disagree. I think it's great to have it on All Star Weekend because I think it, it brings a bigger spotlight to it. You know, no, being no, I with agree. all the I other events. I think having it looped in with the other events is great. Yeah, the timing it's like what Arash said about the ideal, WNBA, like putting yeah, it in exactly. the summer league. Yeah, that would just combine the exactly yeah. right. So, but my my thing is here. The MLB did a great job bringing the Tennessee coach and the Vanderbilt coach on to be commentators yesterday on ESPN and MLB Network because that kind of brings more traffic to the college game as well, right? So yeah. that was great. The Portland Trailblazers won the NBA Summer League Championship, and now they have a ring to show for it. What are all of your thoughts on the team receiving a trophy and rings after winner, winning the Summer League Championship? This is ridiculous. <laughs> what the heck do they need a championship ring for? It's a two-week summer tournament for like draftees, first-year players, guys trying to like make a team. Uh, this is ridiculous. Listen, like if this was a season-long thing, it, this is a two-week summer tournament. That again, these guys aren't get, these guys aren't gonna be together. This is like a hodgepodge of players, right? Like it's some of your draftees, some guys that you kind of want to sign. I mean, if you want to give them a trophy, it's okay. 
but these rings are ridiculous and they're massive rings they're like NBA championship rings what the heck and they're valuing this and it's like (laughs) at the same time it's like who cares like the trailblazers had the best team because they had watford and williams and guys that and keon johnson guys who played serious minutes in the nba last season playing for them that's and that's kind of how you win right the kings did it remember a couple years ago when they had like um who was it they had like harry giles and a couple other guys that were like nba vets we're gonna do it this year if you looked at their roster yeah it was like Killian Hayes, Sadiq Bay, Cade Cunningham was I mean, none of them the played. Yeah, none yeah, of them yeah. played, but it was just like well, they're bringing played. out everybody. Um, but yeah, giving these guys rings. I mean, especially when half of like the top players in the league <laughs> yeah. they play two games and, and then they're, they're done. It's yeah, just like Paolo like, played three. I don't know what we're you know? celebrating here. You know, <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. And not only that, I don't know why summer league needs to be like a two week event because everybody's basically tuned out after. It's game just that three after season. week one. Exactly. It's it's why does it need it be fourteen days? Does or whatever like it's ridiculous because legitimately the most exciting part of it is that first like two days and then everybody's like all right i'm kind of over it now (laughs) and then it just goes on for two weeks and i don't i genuinely don't know what they're evaluating at that point like what are you evaluating at the end is it for the euro league teams because none of those guys are really i mean wiseman was out there yesterday so some of them will be on an nba roster but it just seems so pointless that at that latter stage of it. I, I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, people go there for the first weekend. That's when all the events are, the schmoozing, the networking, things like that. The fact that it's a two-week event, condense it, get rid of the championship rings. I mean, it just it, it's just like a joke, like I think. But listen, if they want to spend money on a championship ring, you are in Las Vegas, so have a good time doing that, right? All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by our good friend, David Bloom. I can imagine Brandon has a word or two for a good friend, David Bloom, when we return right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rake. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mighty Air 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Los Angeles, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. Let's go out to the Circa Sports guest hotline right now. Circa Millions and Circa Survivor Pro Football Contest with $12 million in guaranteed prizes are back. Visit Circa Sports com for details and here he is our good friend david bloom david how are you 
Doing great. How you doing? Good. We got the All-Star a week in Los Angeles. We had the celebrity softball game. We didn't even touch on that in the first segment, which we will. Because I just call it the Bad Bunny concert. Oh, right? my gosh. By the way, like, I mean, I'm so glad he at least tried to hit once. I mean, he was bringing up all these other people. But, uh, David, going into the break, um, your thoughts on the, the All-Star game being here. And we will have to talk about your beloved... Los Angeles Angels in, in the moment, but your thoughts on this week? Well, you know, for any sport, the All-Star Game, All-Star Week, Weekend, whatever it may be, it's always mixed. Like, it's fun. You have a good time. It's a celebration of the sport, but there's also been a lot of problems with it just in regards to voting. I know every year it seems like there's always way too many snubs and way too many guys not playing, you know. Uh, we had a lot of replacements, a lot of guys. If you look at the starting lineup and you're like, okay. And baseball has this, I wouldn't call it an issue because at the end of the day, it doesn't affect much. I mean, it's just the all-star game. It used to actually affect stuff. If anyone remembers that, it used yeah. to determine uh, the home team of the World Series, which was ridiculous. But they're all and base are a team did vote a little harder than the rest. And it seems that it was back in the day with the Royals and the Cubs, and, and now it seems with both the Yankees and the Blue Jays. And it, it's just, it's voting, it's fans, and how it, it's how it works. But it's so great to have it in Los Angeles, you know, to have it at Chavez Ravine, to be able to have that gorgeous view on top of that, you know, on top of the mountain, to look at that city, to be here. I mean, you know, we've had the NHL All-Star Game here recently. We've had the NBA All-Star Game here recently. But to have baseball here, you know, football is a long shot to really put that in L.A. That's, you know, Pro Bowl is the Pro Bowl. But it's one of the best All-Star Games. It's a celebration of baseball. We get the Home Run Derby, which is personally my favorite All-Star event throughout any of the sports. And I'm just, I'm personally excited for it. You know, we're going to get to see Hopefully, you know, there's some thoughts that maybe Kershaw will be able to start here. You know, you got some L.A. guys coming back. There's a lot of guys that played for L.A. that are coming back. Even in the uh, the celebrity game, you got some tension. Hunter Pence hitting a home run, ripping his shirt off, revealing the Giants logo. It's a great city. It's a fantastic all-star game. And it was supposed to be here, remember, a couple of years yeah. ago. COVID happened change everything i'm so so glad we finally get to have it here yeah yeah david i wanted to ask you about taylor ward and a couple other snubs from the all-star game i know the angels are just gosh awful 14 15 games under um but i mean this is a guy that's still top 10 in ops did you think he deserved a selection considering he came out of nowhere wasn't really a great hitter until this season oh absolutely there is no doubt in my mind what the impact he's had on the game, the stats he's been, he's been able to put up. I know he's missed some time, but it seems that, and this is a trend, not just him, but this is a trend. There always seems to be snubs. And to me, he's one of the biggest just because, you know, he's the way he has impacted the team this year without really any expectation for him to do so has been tremendous. You didn't expect Taylor Ward to be that type of guy. You know, you expect your Trouts, your, your Rendon's, your Walsh's, your Otani's, but 
to have Taylor Ward be able to come in and be the leadoff guy and be hit deeper in the lineup. He's been incredible. And if you want to look back to the only part of the Angel season which was remotely bearable, the first part, he was a huge, huge factor in wins against pitchers like Shane Bieber in comebacks and extras against Boston. He was able to carry that team. You know, he had a two-home run game, the only two runs and a win against Cleveland. I, I mentioned against Shane Bieber, which just incredible grand slam moments for the Angels season as a fan. You kind of get apathetic towards it. You know, Mike Trout's got dealing with the back injuries and Rendon's out and this and that. And Ward's coming in and out and trading guys. As a fan, I will speak personally, you kind of stop caring. Like, whatever. We're not making the postseason. There's no turnaround. Let's pack it up and focus on next year, I guess. But as an analyst, as someone that watches the game beyond, you know, being a fan, Taylor Ward absolutely deserves an all-star nod. And he's one of many, many players that even before the injuries, you know, some maybe have been added later, but there's too many stumps because there's not enough spaces and there's too many guys that get that hometown vote that put them in the starting lineup other than guys like, you know, we saw Riley and then France had to be added late, Freeman and some they're all over the place, but Taylor Ward absolutely deserves a spot in the All-Star game and I'd be shocked that he, if he's not the next injury replacement barring some crazy nothing on the, uh, on the AL side, I wouldn't be shocked if he's that next replacement. David, this year for the first time, Rob Manfred added two, what they're calling, I think, legacy selections in Albert Pujols and uh, Miguel Cabrera. Do you like that, or do you think that you know this should just be reserved for guys who have earned their spot in the game? I love it. I think it's fantastic. I mean, it's a game that has no meaning. It's an exhibition game between a group of voted-in players. At the end of the day, what does it really affect that much if you add these legacy guys? I think it's fantastic. And keep in mind, Albert Pools is not having a bad season. He's not in a zero for the Cardinals. He's been an impactful player. And Miguel Cabrera's on a team that's not as good as the Cardinals. Right? They're not in contention like St. Louis is. But he's not having an awful season either. They're not having their, their peak, but... I'd love to see them in the All-Star game. We also get Albert in the Home Run Derby, which will be neat to watch. It's a celebration of two talents that really impacted the game of baseball better than so many others have. You have two champions. You know, it may not seem like it, but Miguel Cabrera is a champion. And to have them celebrated in this way, it's, it's such a nod to what makes baseball great. And I would love to see this every year for guys that may not be themselves on the brink of retirement, wouldn't make the All-Star game nationally, but, I mean, Albert showing up in L.A. for both the Angels and the Dodgers fans will be nice. Miguel Cabrera, everyone loves to see him. I love it. I think it's fantastic for the game of baseball, and it's one of the many steps forward I'm, at least I'm seeing in baseball right now. David, I got one more for you. The Futures game was held at Dodger Stadium on Saturday. Um, I am of the belief that the Futures game should be held after the All-Star game, kind of in that two- to three-day dead period um, with no football, no hockey, no basketball, kind of highlight 
um, these guys a little bit more, not being played, you know, at the same time as other major league baseball games. Um, what do you think of that? Do you think that they should move that, kind of highlight these guys and help grow the game a little bit? Yeah, push it like a day or two. Push it like two days. Let the teams, let the regular teams play out and let's get more eyes on this features game. You know, we get that in basketball, right? There's not other events going on during the, the Rising Stars game, the rookie-sophomore game. We get that, and that's a big deal. You know, you still see clips of John Wall and Blake Griffin highlights, you know, of, of Dion Waiters and, and Tim Hardaway Jr. Those are iconic highlights. You don't get that from the Peaches game because as cool as it is and as great as it is to see some of these future stars, I mean, these are some really, really impactful names that are going to be all-stars in a couple of years. Yeah, there's no memorable moment except for maybe that hundred mile an hour throw from short. That's great. We'll forget about it in two weeks because no one watched it, and that's not anyone's fault, but the fault of Major League Baseball for putting it during games. I know none of these guys are actively playing right now, but give them a little bit more time. The Futures game is great, and at the same time, you know they used to do Futures game right afterwards. You put the celebrities in. Give them all their own lot and time and, and, and give the, those young players, those future stars, the respect they deserve a little bit more. You know, it's great to see them in the game. You love to watch this, like, minor league before pre-minor league all-star game, but I agree with you. I want to move it a day or two. It's a day or two just to give them more of an opportunity to make that lasting impact like they've given them in the NBA. It's a respect level that I think needs to change, and we're kind of seeing that that level of respect for players, and especially with minor league baseball players. I mean, you know, you had that big, big suit, and now we're seeing that respect grow, and I feel like we're on the right track, so let's continue it. All right, David, I wanted to ask you about all the all-star additions before we get into the Angels uh, first. Like Jake mentioned in the first segment, now there's like 80 all stars. Yeah, you know, like and 80, it's like 10% of the league. Freddie got in. in um, all stars. At a point, it's, you know, what does it mean? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. So, I mean, what do you, so you don't like this, obviously, right? With But Freddie, I mean, I'm surprised Freddie and Riley, it took them like, week, like a week to add them. And they already had Jeff McNeil and Starling Marte in the game, who really haven't had great years. I mean, that made no sense to me. Riley's probably top three in MVP candidate right now for the Braves. It's, this is the story that I've seen for the past decade in the MLB All-Star game. The same thing. You know, you always have your guys that are starting that you're like, where the hell did they come from? And, and you have snubs all over the place. Riley absolutely deserves the spot in the starting lineup. Freddie Freeman's been excellent this year. You know, he's... Uh, Hall of Fame caliber player. I believe he deserves the start as well. A lot of guys get snubbed. Dylan Cease got a snub. Taylor Ward got a snub. At a certain point, you know, it, it was hard to even get. I'm not even sure where he sits right now, but Rodon from the Giants. And he got in. There's, thank God. There's no sense of talent assessment. Like, there's no proper judge of talent for the All-Star game, because that's not what it is. And when we stop thinking that it's a who's the best player competition and a popularity competition, 
then we can kind of change and say, all right, well, are these snubs? I mean, obviously, but, you know, you have Jeff and Neil, you got all, you know, Kirk and the Blue Jays and, and, and the Yankees and Trevino and them. Is this a who's the best competition or is this a who's doing the best in the league? Because you always see those better teams like the Yankees, like the Dodgers. They always seem to accumulate more all-stars. You know, when the start of the Blue Jays, and they're, and they're kind of in that mix a little bit, maybe not as much, but they got a strong fan base. You saw it with the Cubs when they were really good. You saw it with the Royals. I mean, that 15, 16 games, so many players from the same team in the starting lineup that seemed that Salvador Perez every year, right next to Javi Baez. Yeah. You know, on opposite team at that point. But it's a fun weekend. It's a fun weekend, or weekend, so to speak, you know, it's, it's a fun event, but it's a popularity contest and just going to have to be what it is. And eventually we're just going to have to get over the sub because they're never going to stop. There's as it feels, there's too many spots. There's also not enough spots. So there's always going to be snubs, even though you're right, like 10% of the league makes the all-star team. Yeah, David, I wanted to ask about the Angels here. What's your prediction for this second half with this out spiraling out of, you know, just awful team, the worst team in the MLB by far over the past two months? What are your thoughts of how this year ends for them? Do they at least win more games in the second half or does it kind of continue? And what are their plans at the deadline? What do you think they do in the next week or so, two weeks? You know, they just do what they've done every year for the past close to 10, a little less than 10. Get to the deadline, you sell those little breakout stars. Now, they did it with Tommy LaCella. He's kind of my, you know, my go-to of the type of guy you sell when you're not doing great in this league. And then they just kind of spiral out. You know, there's not a lot to it. Maybe Shohei will be an MVP candidate. Maybe Mike this and that. It doesn't matter because they are not making the postseason, especially with how poor they're doing. And you kind of just, as a fan base, you say, all right, what do we got to do next year? You know, it really felt like this year wasn't necessarily the year to win the whole thing, but it was the year to be above 500, to make it to the postseason, to be an impactful baseball team, not a team that loses almost 30 games since late May. It's a tough thing to watch as a fan. I'll speak as a fan. It's a tough thing to watch. And why, why we all still have hope, I'm not sure, because it seems to be crushed every year. But there's nothing for this team to do, even though it looks like there's everything for them to do on paper. It seems like they got it on paper, but all the injuries and all the chemistry and the pitching and the coaching and the changes does not carry over to wins and sure maybe they'll win more games in the second half it's not gonna matter they put up absolutely zero fight every game there's no sense of a comeback there's no sense of holding a lead there's no sense of urgency and as frustrated as the players may be there's they're content in i mean i'm speaking for myself speaking for them but there seems to be a sense of contentment in letting the season kind of fizzle out and focusing on the offseason, maybe making any sense of a bigger move and not a sign an Anthony Rendon to a massive contract bigger move, but go get some starting pitching. You know, go bolster up that bullpen. Maybe change your pitching coach. Maybe Wise isn't working out. 
get some back end roster guys that you're going to be able to throw in the starting lineup seven eight nine six seven eight nine even though they're going to be able to hit the ball. I mean, one Andrew Velasquez home run every now and then isn't going to isn't going to cut it. And you're having games where you're scoring one run, two hits, no runs even. That's because you know you have guys. And credit to Renifo, he's really stepped up this season. But before Wade got traded, Wade Velasquez, even Marshawn and Off Day. Suzuki, these guys are not hitting the ball well. Duffy, he had one four-for-four game and then never did anything remotely close to that again. These players are not going to cut it. And the minute that you accept that and focus on guys that can give you a little bit more smart spark or give the young guys. You know, this is a this is a second half of the season where we'll let the young guys play. Stefanik, McKinnon, Adele. Let those guys have a crack at it instead of just playing the guards and playing VR. It's great. Having Jonathan VR on the team is an excellent veteran presence, but give me some guys that are actually going to be in your future instead of starting Juan Lagares in right field when you could call up Joe Dow. You could sign somebody that's younger. They've got some decent arm system guys. Bring those guys up. You know, we saw we saw a lot of their talent displayed, or at least uh, Bush displayed in the Futures game. I'm excited to see what those guys can do, but for now, you're left with big contracts on guys that stay injured and big pitching contracts that Brandon, I know when we last talked in person, uh, you were quite frustrated with, and I absolutely have to agree with you because the way they've turned out, Luke, Tepera, Syndergaard, even though Syndergaard's had a better year than the other two, in my opinion, uh, Iglesias' big deal, Archie Bradley, it's been ridiculous. It's been tough. And there's a lot of guys that you can get for much less than that. There's a lot of guys you can get that are better than that. But the Angels right now, they got to work on growing their players. Because that's how the best teams get better. The Dodgers, the Astros, the Yankees, the Mets. How do you get a great team to be better? The farm. And what do the Angels not do? One, have a great farm system. And two, utilize it. You send a guy up for a little bit and he fades away. Get that farm going a little bit more, and they're starting to do that. Maybe the second half of the season will be of some work. David, final minute here. I just wanted to get a quick transition into NBA. James Harden, there's been a lot of talk about him taking less than the max contract uh, that he could have gotten, and this was a quote from him today. I wasn't right last season, and I still almost averaged a triple-double. If anybody else had those numbers, we'd be talking about them getting the max. Now, my question for you is, with all this talk about the Sixers and Harden, do you think that this team is a legitimate title contender? We got about 45 seconds, David. They are. They're not right now. I think they need to make some extra roster moves. But James Harden is playing like a quarterback right now, letting his team go and sign some offensive linemen. And and I'm impressed by that. I'm impressed by an absolute superstar player being able to take a pay cut for the sake of a championship. It's going to take more for them to be a contender, but I like where they're headed right now. Yeah, I mean, that that is going to be very interesting, how the Sixers do and what happens with the Lakers, if they make any moves, if they, what, what happens with the Nets? I mean, the Nets is the, the craziest thing. I mean, I mean, do you, do you bring KD back? Do you have to bring KD back? Does Kyrie come back? How does that look? Do the Lakers say, listen, screw it. I'm going to take a page out of Less Needs book and say F those pick and we're going to go and get Kyrie. So, David, you're, you're, you're the best. We'll talk to you next week. That's all the time that we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe 
and stay healthy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.